Welcome to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast. We are your hosts, James. And Anthony. Welcome to the weekly chat number 34. Let's talk about our live show tickets being on sale, as well as everything we've been up to leading up to the short film production. Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to the show. Hope you had a great week so far. Jim, how you doing? I'm fantastic. We are opening this one up with some incredible news. Our live show tickets are finally up for sale. Our live show is going to be on January 21st, 2023 in Los Angeles at the Hayworth Theater. Dynasty Typewriter is what it's called as well. And you can get your tickets to the show online now. So the in-person tickets just went up and their link is on our Instagram bio, our personal Instagram bios, as well as... I'll put a link for the for the tickets as well inside the bio of this episode, which I can know you can definitely click on for Spotify and Apple Podcasts, maybe. But if you can also just go to DynastyTypewriter.com, click on their calendar, and our tickets are on the calendar for January 21st to come see us in person. It should be so much fun. The show starts at noon. This is going to be on a Saturday. Again, January 21st. Show starts at noon Pacific time. This way, because we're going to live stream the event as well, anyone around the world can tune in. And live stream tickets will go on sale on December 15th for a much cheaper price if anyone just wants to watch online the event. And we got a few questions about the live aspect. It is going to be streamed live. We're not going to record it and then post it. So like you'll be able to... Uh, interact with us in the chat box on the live stream. We'll be able to see any comments or questions you post. So it's not going to be recorded and then live stream. It's going to be, you'll, you'll be able to watch it on your computer from around the world at the same time everyone is in the downtown LA theater watching it. And we'll be reading your comments if you're streaming live and got those tickets, which should be, should be so fun. It'll be with a company called Moment. Again, those live stream tickets go on sale December 15th, so real soon. We just want to give people an opportunity to get the live in-person tickets to come to the show if they want to come check it out. I know bunch of people already picked up some tickets we have some some patreon homies and friends that are getting airbnb in los angeles to come stay for the event as well and check it out calvin cody and jacob i believe they're gonna get, stay together in la the boys getting together the boys should be so fun uh the discord buds we're also gonna do uh, an after party after the event as well yeah. so we can all hang out with anyone who wants to go We'll probably go to a brewery nearby and, and just all hang out for a couple hours for the rest of the evening. Yeah, and so the plan is show starts at 12, doors open at 11 a.m., and we'll probably do like an hour and a half, two hour long show, and then we might even screen our short film, Midnight Ruin, at the end of the event. We're not sure yet, but possibly. I think that would be a lot of fun. I think it'd be really cool. Yeah. And then I'll wrap the show. We're so excited about it. Um, again, tickets all are on online on, tickets are on you got sale it, man. online either go to the instagram bio click that link or our personal instagram bios or just go to dynastytypewriter.com click on the calendar and you can find january 21st tickets for raiders of the lost podcast live in person in los angeles and they also they made a great graphic poster for us and we're actually going to use it for our new yeah. profile photo because <laughs> it came out so well we were like can we uh, <laughs> this was better than ours they have their own graphic artist at dynasty <laughs> typewriter hayworth theater and i was like hey can we buy that psd <laughs> <laughs> it's really I mean, it's really good I think it's our new our new I think poster be forever. Our, yeah, it's just uh, it's a perfect image and it 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 looks way better than our like I like ours, but this one just looks terrific. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna use that for they our, nailed it all of our profile photos so we're from now so, on. So 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 excited to finally do a live show. It's gonna be a lot of fun. There's it's like a, it's a theater and it has like a concession stand. It's an old movie theater from in L.A. and 
just has like these old red seats and the beautiful curtain and the big stage for us to stand on. And it just has like a time machine quality to it. It's going to be so fun. Yeah. We got to figure out what the hell we're going to do during it. It's going to be different than a normal Raiders yeah. episode. We are going to do a roast. So we're going to ask everyone for a roast submission soon. Yeah. It'll be a lot of fan interaction uh, in person, like a roaming mic and stuff like that. But I think we'll it's not some... just going to be us talking about prisoners for two hours. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I want to get like a, a spinning wheel and like put movie topics to like uh-huh. run five minutes of a, of a movie talk- topic about it. We could do a bracket. We could do like ranking things. We'll like, figure some yeah, stuff we out to do. We'll figure some stuff out to do. We're we're ecstatic about it, but um, that's not for a couple months. But we got to prep that and plan that out. Yeah, yeah, he'll be here before we know it though. But we've been super busy getting ready for the short film, which we've been again filming on Monday, first day of filming, 12th, 13th, and 14th, three days straight. So it's going to be wild. It's going to be a uh, crazy three days of like 10, 12 hours of shooting. We cannot wait. It's going to be so fun. Yeah, and sorry if we haven't been as interactive on the uh, on like Discord and the other apps as we usually are. We've just been swamped. There's just so much stuff to do and so many things to get, uh, so much stuff to prepare for, and it's just basically taken up all of our free time and it, there's just a lot of so many little things like little things like yesterday i was like oh i need to i need to buy signs so i had to get i got signs and then i was like oh i need to get masks today and there's just so many things that like the list of things to do never ends and we, i gotta make the call sheets and then we get to think about what are we doing for food for everyone for every day and it just there's so props coming yeah, in every day yeah so i've i've had so many amazon shipments in the last two weeks it's insane it's been 400 my room has been a, a is a is a prop room slash clothing room although i organized it yesterday i put all of the wardrobe for each character into garment bags and they're all hanging in my closet before it was just a pile of clothes in, <laughs> in my room uh and i i stocked i stacked up all the all the shoe boxes in one spot uh we uh, organized a few of the props and consolidated a bunch. So now my room doesn't look like a disaster zone anymore. And it looks more like a bedroom <laughs> right now. But still, this, there's just props all over my shelves and stuff just like waiting to be used. It'd be cra- it's going to be crazy. Yeah. It's madness. It's absolute madness. But I made gonna, storyboards so yesterday. Story. Yeah, we did the storyboards. Yeah. Got our, our binders going. We got we got so much going. We got binders, so it's a big binders. deal. It's kind of a big deal. But last night we did let loose a little bit. Well, we had a little Christmas party this past this weekend, which was a, so much fun. Had some friends over. Had some uh, hot cocoa with Bailey's and some some cookies and a bunch of pizza. It was it was a wonderful time to chill out and and then last night we went bowling, which was a blast. And yeah. I think I bowled my highest score ever. You had the best game of your life. Two oh seven. You you got um what eight strikes in one game. Eight strikes in one game. I could not spare for the life of me. <laughs> if I could spare, I would have gotten like two fifty easy. Two oh seven is very good, man. But yeah, I don't think I've ever done that. I had two turkeys in that game. So turkey is when you, you get three strikes in a row. I did that twice. One of them, I got four strikes in a row. It was, it was. I was just like out of body experience. I've never seen you bowl like that ever. And I, bl- I blew my hand out in that game. Like my hand is done. I can't, even, I can't even close my fist. My ring finger and my middle finger are killing me because we played five games straight. Yeah, we shouldn't. Have, threes, threes should be the cap off for if you're not a regular bowler, because uh, the soreness you create from these these movements that you never do. Uh, my left hip hurts. <laughs> my left knee hurts. My my ring finger is swollen, dude. My it's ring swollen. When I bend my ring finger, all the way, I feel it all the way down my forearm. Yeah, it was totally worth the two oh seven. But like halfway through the game, I was like, my hand kind of hurts, but like I'm mentally all in on this game. I'm I'm blowing this thing out. It's actually quite taxing. It bowling. is. It's exhausting. Yeah. It's tough. I was I was wiped by the end. I was exhausted. <laughs> I was like, I'm not playing another game. Five is way more than enough for me. <laughs> but it is fun, and we grew up bowling. But I'm I think we've talked about it on on the show. We played candle pin bowling in Massachusetts. There is ten pin bowling, which is like the normal 
you know, the round pins with uh, the large balls. But in Massachusetts, and I think maybe a couple of the other northeastern states. Canada, too. Canada, as well, yeah. We have candle pin bowling, and the the pins are, are skinny like candles. Although they are, they are just as tall. They're just like, they don't have, like, the round shape to them. And then the balls are much, much smaller than the Big Ten bowling balls. And... Uh, they're just like the size of, I would say, like a large orange, like a really big orange, or like a a, a, mo- a medium sized grapefruit. Like. <laughs> yeah, or like or like a, an extra large lemon. <laughs> so a grapefruit, a, like a medium to small grapefruit, is about yeah, the size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's still quite heavy. It's just like it's just like a stone. <laughs> and, yeah. And you get three throws. So a normal ten pin, you get two throws because it, it it would be too easy if you could throw the giant ball three times. Like that would be no problem. So in candle pin, you get three throws because it's much harder to knock the pins down because not only are they skinnier, the gaps between them are much bigger. And then also the balls you're using are tiny compared to the big t- the 10 pin bowls. So uh, it's, a, it's a harder way to bowl, but that's how we learned. And that's how we bowled all of our childhoods. We, there was a 10 pin bowling alley we would go to with for our like dad. Birthdays. Yeah, for birthdays. Or but we like, grew up down the street from bowling alley. We yeah. used to be in the league every Sunday, but it was cool. We had our own balls. You, throw yeah. th- you say you throw three balls instead of two yeah. per box. But the cool thing is, it doesn't clean up the pins around, and it's called like yeah, wood, yeah, dead yeah, wood. yeah. So the the pins stay when they get knocked down. You can actually use it to your advantage for for knocking other I pins down. I miss that. That was a great aspect to it. So you could have like only two pins up. I mean, a ton of wood to work with, and but then, it's still yeah. really hard to to even yeah. use the wood. But versus ten pin bowling, at your first ball, the the thing comes down, grabs the remaining pins up, and it cleans up the space of any knocked down wood. But the wood stays for candle pin bowling. I love. I forgot about that aspect. That was a great because you were just like. You need to hit like a like a weird split, but then there's some wood on the floor. You just like whip it at the wood <laughs> and it just bash them. It some, just, yeah, it was, it's fun. I, I like candle pin a lot. I haven't done it since we were kids. Next time, I think if I'm home this this should, Christmas, yeah, I should try should. to go candle pin bowling. That would like just for the nostalgia. Yeah, it, it's just it's a lot harder, but it's it's a lot more fun too. I think. Like, I think it's easier on your body though. Maybe it's, it's much lighter, and then the fingers aren't being pulled because yeah, and you're tugged. Not, you're not, you're not, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no giant holes to. <laughs> Any sentence I say about put- you're, you're you're set. Well, you're holding ten pounds with your fingers. Yeah. So it's, it's it hurts your fingers. Plus, some people bowl with their hand outside the ball though. For yeah. The ten pin bowling. Yeah. Just- but but with candle pin, you just grip the ball with your open hand. Yeah, it's about the size. Like Eddie said, like the size of a small grapefruit. Yeah. <laughs> a medium grapefruit. <laughs> Google Google candle pin bowling. And it's pretty cool. It's you'll be trip. like you'll be like oh that's what it looks like. That's cool. It's a trip. It's way harder. But that that was a great place. It was a it was a, um, a bowling alley, arcade, skating rink, like super place. And two buildings. So yeah. one building was the bowling alley, two floors with the arcades, and the the other building was the skating rink, the, yeah. the roller skating rink with arcades as well. It's called the Wallex. Man, we grew up five minute walk we from that there. place. We used to go there all the goddamn time. I miss it so much. It was a great place to grow up near because, and it was called the Wallex because we grew up in Waltham, and then just um, about a, a half a mile up the road. Uh, about a mile up the road is the uh, is the border of the next town over Lexington, and so since this is close to the border of Waltham and Lexington, it was called Wallex, and it was just like a place where we could go with our friends to play arcades. They had some food and snacks there. Uh, the bowling was always a great time, uh, but in the skating rink, we never skated, but the, they had good arcade games in the skating rink portion as well. And I, there was like a wasn't there like an upstairs area where like. Like adults would mostly go so they could smoke and stuff for the skating. Rink? Yeah, no, ab- above the uh, bowling alley, 
wasn't no they were ripping butts this yeah. is smoking was still indoors man yeah i guess so it smelled like cigarettes up there the yeah, upstairs cigarettes is where there's a bar upstairs that's it that's it but yeah. the, it smelled like the whole place smelled yeah. like cigarette smoke yeah. because of the 90s yeah you know i kind of miss I, that even though it's nasty yeah i think that cigars lasted longer than cigarettes in terms of legal use in bars maybe i think i think it was mostly cigar smoking but i remember the upstairs was where the bar was so it smelled more like cigarette smoke and yeah. I would say, like, more of, like, the, the leagues were upstairs. Remember, the weekend league was upstairs. But because downstairs, those lanes were for, like, people just coming in to bowl for the day or just have, like, a, a quick bowling. Like, those were for the public. But the upstairs was more of, like, the, the leagues because there was the adult leagues, the, the kids' leagues, and just intense bowling upstairs. They had a lot of lanes. Yeah, they, they had a ton they of lanes. They had to have had 20 on each floor, At, 25. Maybe more. Yeah, but maybe yeah. 30. But I remember, like, upstairs was, like, where it went down. Like, yeah, you're yeah. playing upstairs, like, it was legit. That's where the cool people were. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I remember the smell clearly. The smell of like of smoke and old carpeting and, and wood and wax. I miss it. I miss it. The 90s, man. Yeah. Well, before the millennia, just like cigarette smoke was everywhere. Yeah, that's true. Can you that's imagine true. like smoking on planes? Like being on oh how my many flights you've been on now, just like the cigarette smoke would have been crazy. I guess because was, smoking was so common back then, it only would have bothered like a small number of people, but like I would not want to be in a plane where people are smoking. People just used to it. It's the way yeah. of life. Like yeah. smoking in restaurants, smoking in stores. Like I don't know if you could like walk around. Like Ima- a- imagine being in a restaurant and like you're eating dessert and then you just light up a cigarette. Yeah. At a table. It was probably awesome for cigarette smokers, like <laughs> yeah. living the life. Oh yeah. But um like I don't you couldn't like just walk around a grocery store with a cigarette, but like restaurants, movie th- I don't know about movie theaters. Maybe yeah, in the lobbies, maybe. but I don't know about during the movie because it's very distracting to like oh, have smoke in the audience. I bet not. Yeah. But I think like, yeah, it's okay like in the lobby or not. Maybe back in the day, but I still think there were the areas where you could and couldn't smoke in businesses. Yeah, like non-smoking yeah. areas. Yeah, it makes sense. Because you gotta have you got to have a little give and take. You can't mm-hmm. just be ripping butts everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be like in the doctor's office just like smoking a cig. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually the last prop I have to get. I have to get... Uh, Marlboro, Marlboro Reds for a character. Very classic American cigarette. Yeah, that's what he would smoke. So that's that's the last prop. That's I got it. ashtrays for it. That's it. Oh, I got to get blunt wraps too. Some blizzes. Yeah, there's gonna be some roaches on an ashtray just for <laughs> it's just for it's no one's gonna be smoking. He's gonna make me smoke four yeah. blunts just for just the props. For <laughs> Keep smoking that blunt. We gonna, need the gonna, authenticity. Gonna have to call Donnie and Dawson out here. <laughs> 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 but I just want um, cigarette butts and a couple of roaches with a ton of ash on the ashtray. It's just a set thing. Yeah, yeah, it's real. It'll, it'll just look good. It looks real. Yeah, super excited to film though, man. Yeah, it's gonna be wild. It's gonna be it's gonna be insane. It's gonna be insane and. Um, I, I did the storyboards the other day, which it took two days to do them and figure out all the shots. It's going to be 60 shots in total, uh, over three days. Um, the third day will be the hardest by, by far, because we have to do, um, about 12 sequences. Some of them are tiny though. Some, some are long, some are like two minutes long of screen time, but some of them is like, like 10 seconds. So the, the number shouldn't be as scary as it sounds. Whereas the other days, We'll have like seven or eight scenes to mm-hmm. do, um, but it should be it should be very manageable, especially with the everything organized. Because now we can, when we're on set, we're at every spot. We'll just revert to the storyboards. They're all numbered. They're all labeled. Extremely organized, and they have direction for what I want it to look like, what kind of lens length I want, what kind of uh, is it handheld? Is it on a tripod? Is it going to be a pan? Is it going to be a tilt or whatever? So it's already organized. So all we have to do is tell show the DP. He sets it up, film it, bing, bang, bong, move on. Super easy. 
rather than showing up and be like, hmm, how should we how should we film this? It's already predetermined, so it's gonna save us a lot of time. Bing bang bow. <laughs> Wait, Flip, what are you doing here? I told you to go fuck your mother. Bing bang <laughs> bow. <laughs> Eleven hundred, I told him. <laughs> but it's funny. I was doing the storyboards, and I uh, I use this program called Procreate on my iPad, which is terrific. And I made the first two storyboards, and they're like, I put a lot of work into them. They're very detailed, and I, I like spent about forty minutes they're on really them. Really nice. And then I was like. I have to do 55 more of these. I'm going to go stick figures from now on. <laughs> so stick figures for the rest. <laughs> I guess your point across. Yeah, I guess the point oh, across. It looks the same. It yeah, looks yeah. fine. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it, doesn't <laughs> really, to, it really doesn't matter. Yeah, it's just a storyboard. It's no big deal. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like Dune, you know. <laughs> Dune reference. Dune reference for the day. We haven't referenced Dune that much lately. Yeah, what's going on, man? I don't know. So I was thinking about the live show uh -huh. about... The kind of music we should open up to to like get on stage at first we were talking about doing the uh the raiders theme that we do at the beginning of every episode that our buddy chase made for us but then i was thinking about why not come out to the top gun maverick opening music <laughs> that hans zimmer did like the church bell it's pretty good idea. that'd be pretty lit we gotta get the 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 main is the main theme in that track like yeah the electric shred yeah it gets to it yeah. come on haven't you listened to it not in a month or so. Yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's about 20 seconds of like the slow beats, then the church uh -huh. bell. Dun, <laughs> then <laughs> How fun would that be? Then we start walking out that's with, really the electric, with the electric guitar. That's, I like it. That's a good idea. That'd be so fun. That's a really good and everyone idea. in the audience would get it because they know how much we love Top Gun and we know how much we love Tom, Tom Cruise. Because <laughs> Top Gun's still my number one on the year. And listen, I saw The Fablemans recently. That movie was incredible. That might be my number two. It's You gotta see it, man. Yeah, I'm going to see it on, I think Friday I'm going to see it. See it ASAP. There's a lot of movies coming out this weekend, too, that we have to see. We have to see Pinocchio. That's going to be on Netflix on December 9th. And obviously Thursday, well, Thursday releases, we got um, The Whales coming out, as well as a few others. So this weekend's got a there's a ton of new movies coming out. But if you haven't seen The Fablemans, if you're listening right, if you haven't seen Fablemans, go see that next. That's the next movie you got to see. I was blown away. Obviously, it's Spielberg. We all know how great he is and how much we love his movies, but... Man, it's like his best movie, I think, since I would say like Catch Me If You Can. Whoa, like, whoa. That's well, I mean, I mean, actually, Minority Report's incredible too, but it's it's phenomenal. It well, I mean, it's, it's really good. It's Steven, man. And there, there's a reason why every time he makes a movie, it's an Oscar contender. It's so good. The last two movies I've seen actually are about cinema and like the love of cinema and film because I watched that at the movies a few days ago, and then I before that I watched Hugo. Oh yeah, uh, Scorsese's movie. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, so my, the last two movies I've seen, besides The Departed also because we're prepping for next week, is uh, two movies about the love of cinema. I just watched a movie about filmmaking called uh, Official Competition uh, with uh, Penelope Cruz and uh, uh, Antonio Banderas and then an, another actor, I can't remember his name. It, they play eccentric artists. The two guys are actors that she hired. She's the director for an adaptation of a move of a novel into a movie, but they're all super eccentric and egocentric and ridiculous, and it's really funny. But it, it just plays at the idea of how how um, you know pretentious it can be, like when people take their art too far. Yeah, it's really terrific. I, I watched it on the plane, and it was it was really funny. I loved it. Empire Light comes out this week too, as well. That's mm-hmm. gonna be a movie. I, I'm, not sure. gonna be I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. No, let me finish the fucking <laughs> sentence about film and cinema. Okay, well, you didn't finish the sentence. Because you didn't let me finish no, you, it. You, you said, that's going to be a movie, and blah, 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 blah. I was you, getting into you, it. You, you didn't start even start a new sentence. You interrupted me before Just I finished. Start a new sentence. No, I didn't start a new f- sentence. I was continuing the sentence. I'll go back to the edit. Anyways, so Empire of Lights, a movie that's also going to be about the love of cinema but i don't i was gonna say i'm not sure how it's gonna play into the story about the love of cinema if it'll be tying to memories because the trailer that movie still is kind of ambiguous about what the actual plot of the film is when you see the trailer i have some kind of an idea and they just released a new trailer recently that we saw in theaters a little more detail about what the story is kind of about but still kind of not exactly clear but it's still Looks like a great movie. Sam Mendes and yeah. Deacon shot it. Yeah. Looks like the main cast are all going to be people who work at the theater mm-hmm. in different um, positions. And then it looks like that uh, co-lead, the male lead actor, is going to be killed. And then the lead actress will be... Olivia Coleman. Yeah, Olivia Coleman will rem- will be watching like the movies that they used to love watching. That's together. what it seems like to yeah. me. It seems like they gave away the too, a little too much in the trailer. I think I guessed the whole movie plot. That's what I'm. Uh, it feels yeah. like. Um, so yeah, another movie about the love of cinema, which is great. Yeah. The Fablemans, though. <sighs> yeah, I can, I, I'm gonna. I'm saving it for the end of the week before we start production, so that really I really inspiring. Yes, yeah, so that's why I want. I'm like, I need, I need to wait until like the last minute to watch something super inspiring to really jack me up. Right I, I was into, like ready to run through a brick wall after that. <laughs> it was so Maybe fu- I should watch it on Sunday. You should. It was so funny. And also I cried, I think four or five times. Really beautiful, stellar. It, it was, it was incredible. It floored me because I didn't think this late into the year that there'd be a movie that I put up in like the top three. Really? In I, Oscar season. Bro. I know, but still, because I thought there, this, it's been a great year for movies, and I didn't think anything would break my top three that I already have. Obviously, nothing's going to break Top Gun at number one Obviously. for my favorites, but <laughs> I think The Fablemans might be my number two. Uh, it was just an incredible film. I saw this in a Paul Thomas Anderson interview where he said he was and he was in production of Phantom Thread halfway through, and he was like really unhappy with how it was going, and he thought it was just going terribly, and he thought that it was going to be bad, and he just felt ter- super depressed. And so on a weekend... On like a Saturday, he went to the uh, theater by himself to watch Nope, and then he said he he got he left Nope, and he was so inspired and reinvigorated that it really helped him keep his creative juices flowing for the rest of the production of Phantom Thread. Which Nope? Nope. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, get out. Get out. Sorry. Get out. <laughs> I was like, nope. Came out this year. <laughs> yeah. This is Phantom Thread sorry. 2017. Yeah, yeah. So get out. I meant get out. Gotcha. Yeah, because yeah, Get Out was 2016. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it just one of those movies for me with the Fablemans. I, I left the theater and I was like so inspired Let's and go. in awe. And I was just like, I was just riding a high for like a day and a half. It was just one of those movie theater experiences. And it was, it was incredible. Nice. It was really incredible. Maybe I'll go on Sunday, Sunday morning. You should do it, man. Yeah. I, I highly recommend it. I think you'll come out of it. You'll be like, let's I'm, go. I'm ready to film. I'm fucking ah! Steven Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> I think he did a great job. I want to definitely review it, you know, telling his own personal life story as well as I'm sure infusing some fantastical elements to make it more of a Hollywood sensationalized film, but really tapping into like the rawness of what probably pushed him to want to do film and, and he touched on all of his old short films that we've all, we've talked about in our episodes about him about there's their World War II short film he made with like his friends and his dad helping and it, it was incredible it was, it was really phenomenal and I'm still thinking about it a week later. Although you say the Hollywoodization of it a little bit, I saw a Seth Rogen interview where he was talking about uh, when he was discussing the story with Spielberg and he kept asking Spielberg, "Did this really happen?" And he'd go, "Yeah," and then I'd be like, "Did this really happen?" He'd be like, "Yeah." Then he'd be like, "Did this really happen?" You'd be like, "Yeah." Well, I was, I was thinking, I'm thinking more about the familial elements about it. What happened with his family getting, you know, uh, getting separated in different ways? I, I didn't know if that was real or no, not. No, no, yeah. His so ET he made as a way to tell the story of his f- parents' divorce. Okay, all right. But this he felt like he felt like. So I saw his interview with him where he said ET. He used he didn't realize it, but he was using ET as a way to keep it still safe for him to deal with it by putting this fantastical alien element into the film. To help address the the emotional nature of the story for him, and then as he got older, he's like, you know, I I would like to tell a story in a more authentic, real life real life way without having having anything extravagant uh, or genre bending in the film and make it just a film about people. So it's, they're it's both really about his parents' you divorce. Feel it's, it's such a personal movie. Mm-hmm. It might be his most personal he's ever made. It's it's sensational. Can't recommend it enough. But uh, we definitely got to see the whale that's coming out Thursday night. Uh, limited release, I'm sure. That looks incredible. I've only seen that one 60 millimeter. They've only trailer. showed four shots of it. It's, it's like <laughs> Fraser. It's like two shots of Fraser. One at, like in a house, and then uh, looking out the window. Uh, one shot of Sadie Sink I've seen, or two shots, and then at the beach. It's just the trailer is just very powerful with five different shots. That's it. That's mm-hmm. all it is. Uh, with some with some voiceover. I cannot wait to see it. I don't even we, I don't even really know what it's about. I think Aronofsky is one of the most interesting filmmakers working today. Yeah, I wonder if he shot the whole thing like that with that looks aspect like ratio. Oh, probably. It looks great. Yeah. Uh, can't wait to see that. But again, this Empire Light, we got to see. Um, you know Aronofsky, he produced that Chris Hemsworth series? Which one? Of him like exploring the world and pushing the limits of oh, his really? physicality. Yeah. Aronofsky's the showrunner of the it. The Nat Geo show? Yeah, the Nat Geo show. That's cool. Yeah, he's got to make his money somehow. <laughs> his movies don't make money. This is one thing for sure. It's, Black Swan's the only outlier in his career that, of a movie that made money. I noticed recently you say outlier. Yeah. Why do you say outlier, not outlier? Outlier. outlier. I don't know. It's really, it's, it sounds like a British thing, maybe. I guess I'm just so sophisticated, I can't help it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what the proper pronunciation is. Outlier. In like that's an outlier. Yeah. Like that, that player is an outlier. That movie is an outlier. That movie's an outlier. Outlier. I don't know. Because you said it like four times in, I think, the last episode of Record. I kept thinking to myself, is he saying outlier? Like outlier? I could be, it could be outlier. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> you don't care about the outliers. 
Oh, Someone's man. gonna unsubscribe. Uh, you said out there, unsubscribe. Believe we're not posting this on TikTok. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. My goodness. My goodness. <laughs> I've, I've blocked like three people last week on TikTok. Yeah, on Instagram. For hate we, comments, dude. The Instagram, the Instagram comments are the worst. What are people saying? Just people are still freaking out about that Fifth Element clip. Every day, people write terrible comments in that one. The Fifth Element hand clip. Oh, the hand clip. Yeah. And then, like that casino clip about De Niro suits, someone just commented, no. Like, what, what kind of comment is that? What was the clip that he wore? A bunch of different suits? Yeah. So he didn't wear... I guess of, he didn't wear all the suits. Was it CGI? It was, yeah, it was all CGI. He had like 80 wardrobe changes yeah. in that movie. Yeah. He's got like 34 Armani suits, or whatever <laughs> brand it was, or designer. Like like $2,000 suits that whole movie. Uh-huh. He's got a different colored one in every shot. I read that in De Niro's contracts, he gets to own everything that's styled for him. He gets to own it? Yeah, so he gets to take everything home that he wears. What's he doing with it all? Um, With something like that, you're not going to wear those that style anymore, obviously, but they, they could be keepsakes for him. He you must know? have like a giant collection of props and wardrobe and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, he could just sell it all and make a boatload of money like um, Russell Crowe did that and donated all of the earnings to charity. He sold a ton of his uh, belongings from famous movies and donated like three million dollars to charity from the proceeds. What a good guy! Yeah, he sold the he sold the um, the jock strap from Cinderella Man. <laughs> Someone bought it for like a hundred k. Jesus, <laughs> the jock strap. That's kind of gross. <laughs> kind of gross. It's a good movie. No, I mean the it's movie's good. Movie, good. Yeah. I mean, like Russell Crowe's sweaty balls, and you're bu- paying for it. <laughs> hey, for- people buy weird stuff on the internet. Jeez. Jeez. Piece of history, man. <laughs> yeah, but in his filmography, is that even top ten? Oh uh, no, no way. I don't know. He's got a priest. The Maximus helmet's number one. Yeah, it's, it's gotta be props. That. Yeah, it's gotta be the Maximus helmet. Uh he sold the chest plate to the Maximus chest plate with the two horses on it. Mm-hmm. That I think that was the highest seller. The chest plate. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, if if you're crazy wealthy and you have the the funds to sp- buy stuff, I would buy a bunch of movie props as well. Oh yeah, for sure. Like. I mean, I was thinking, like, I was like, I would buy a Harry Potter prop. Yeah. Like, oh, absolutely. something from one of the In movies. addition to helping the world, <laughs> but, like, I'm also going to buy some cool shit. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta throw that in there. Yeah. yeah. Gotta let you people see, know. Wow. What a, what a great hypothetical um, philanthropist you are. Gotta let people know how good of a guy I am. <laughs> the hypothetical philanthropy is just, like, it's emanating off of you it's, it's glorious kind of person i am what a what a great guy gotta give back <laughs> but also gonna hypothetically give back but also get, get the sword that maximus uses in gladiator uh, i would want the chest plate the chest plate is really cool but yeah. it's already got it's, it's gonna be tough <laughs> <laughs> you're really gonna try to figure this out that's no, okay I, i'll let it go there's some other things you can get i i'd uh i would want um a map one of the maps from master and commander that would be the cool. Far Side of the World. I love that movie. You know what would be a really great prop is the one of the props of the Marauders map that Mina Lima created because oh, yeah. it took them like a ton of time to make those maps. They had a couple duplicates for on set in case anything happened to them, but they really made those really folding. intricate folding maps of Hogwarts. Obviously, it was animated in the film, but they made some great props for them. Yeah, I mean, they're holding the real one yeah. quite a bit, so that's pretty amazing. Yeah, that, that, would, be really that cool. would be a cool item to have. Because yeah, I know they had multiple on set in case anything happened to them. But they sure, took them. A, sure. It took them a ton of time to design it and then make them. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to get a, a wand. Would be too tip like someone's wand. You Just want something, wand. something more cool. specific. Yeah, something yeah. that you frame. Yeah, yeah, or like put up on display. Or like, uh, like the locket would be a cool one. 
True. Yeah, that'd be a good one. I would need something from a Tom Cruise movie. Something. <laughs> like any what what would you want from a Tom Cruise movie? That's a good question. I would say It's probably impossible to get a Maverick helmet. Um, I would say maybe the pool stick in the color of money, the mm-hmm. special Baba Kusha. That's a really cool pool stick. Um let me think. From from Mission Impossible, the sunglasses from when he's climbing. No, I'm just <laughs> from Mission Impossible too. <laughs> the bubble gum from MI One. The bubble gum. Yeah. The gum. The red, what? Red light, green light. Red light, green light. <laughs> that, that would be a great one, bro. I can't wait for that movie to come out. But uh, also, I would. I mean, you know what would be the best one would be the the Maverick jacket. Yeah, but that's like you can get duplicates and, and replicas, but yeah. like the original, there's no way. That is, yeah, he wouldn't give that up. There's no way. No way. He's probably got that framed. He probably wears it. I bet he does. Yeah. But what what would you take from a Russell Crowe movie? A Russell Crowe movie. I mean, let me just what, let me run through his filmography. What's he in again? What's he? <laughs> Russell Crowe? <laughs> I guess it's got to be something from Gladiator, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just so memorable. Maybe um some wheat, <laughs> some wheat. <laughs> run your hand through it every day. His his t- pass, his, pass his, maybe his tunic, the blue tunic. Yeah, maybe yeah. the tunic. I, I would go chest plate or the sword. He's got a great sword. But the mask obviously is the best prop. But that's the helmet. Prop. I mean, you have the helmet. The helmet. You I mean, have that. Yeah, but that's probably if you wanted the real prop, it's probably like five million dollars. Oh yeah, the real thing. Yeah, that's probably in a museum or something. Someone's it belongs it. in a museum. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. About, I'm, yeah, I'm excited about Indy Five. Yeah, that was. I was honestly really surprised by the trailer, and I was very worried. Um, we'll see how it turns out. I thought it looked a lot better than what I was expecting. It looks like an indie movie. Yeah. Obviously, they've hardly shown anything. This movie's probably going to be like two and a half hours long. We got very few pieces of information about the plot. I think, you know, time travel is probably where it's going to be about. Dial of Destiny, I don't think is the strongest title, though. I don't think it's a good title. I think it's the worst of everyone. It sounds like a TV show episode. Yeah, it, it, I don't love the title right now. But uh, it is a real artifact. Yeah. So that, I think that's, that's why thing. I used it. Yeah, the real uh, Nazi like time travel artifact, right? It's not Nazi. It's um, well, they, from they, an well, ancient I mean, culture. I know it's not. They, they didn't yeah. make it. I mean, they, they had it. I think so, yeah. They, got, they had control of it. Yeah, I'm, they, not, I'm not totally sure about that. It's one, one of those artifacts that they were gathering. But, the, um, the occult and I know stuff. that's what it's about, but the title it just it doesn't sound great. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, de-aging the Dial look, of Destiny. The de-aging looks pretty good. I got to see more footage of it to see to like really judge it. To really judge it is watching him speak. Because that's the, it's that's not, the real test. It's going to be so different than something like The Irishman, where The Irishman, mo- for the most part, they're kind of just sitting around walking, nothing too complex. But Indy, you know, we have stunt guys on horseback, jumping between cars. So I'm really going to be curious to see how they do the de-aging with intense stunt choreography as well. With the de-aging versus The Irishman, there's not much violence going on, not much uh, intense movement between the characters. Like De Niro sometimes like kicking a guy, and that's about it. <laughs> but um, to see what it looks like, really, not putting it on, putting on a different actor, and then you know the intense stunts because we saw a few good, decent stunts, but also, you know, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Harrison's pretty old in that movie. He's like pushing it, but he, they pulled it off. Like, even him climbing all those boxes in the beginning in the first act, I was like, wow, I hope I'm in as good shape as this guy at, what was he, like, 65, 68 when he made that movie 12 years ago? Something like that, yeah. And now he's he's 80, I think, now. He's in his 80s. I think he's exactly 80. It's starting to show. You can see that, like, he's, his age is showing for sure with being an action-adventure star. At 80, finally. <laughs> yeah, finally, it's, it's showing a little bit. Um, that was like the one con for the Irishman whenever De Niro was de-aged and he's beating up a guy, like the one in the street when he's kicking guys, like you can tell that's an old man 
with a 40-year-old man's yeah. face. So I think that's going to finally catch up to us watching the movie. And maybe it might take us out of it a little bit. I disagree. We can just see. I think with all the physicality, they're just going to have stuntmen. And then I think it'll be easier than it is. That, I think the real the real challenge with the aging, it's with dialogue and with watching the characters speak. And seeing watching a, a CGI character's mouth move has always been the most difficult part of CGI rendering uh, a realistic looking person, a photorealistic looking person. And I, I still don't think they've got it yet. This could be it, but it really, the, I think the challenging part is speaking scenes and the action scenes, I think, are going to be the easiest part because they'll just do stuntmen for the young indie. That's what, no, yeah, but I meant old, I meant Harrison Ford being old indie, those oh. stunts. Oh, I thought you him, meant like Him aging. like fighting people 80 years old, throwing punches oh, and stuff. Uh, he'll be fine. That's going to be, I, that's what I mean in terms of kicking. Obviously, we have stunt guys yeah. jumping on horses, not yeah. actually Harrison Ford. Yeah. That's what I'm talking that's about. That's like, so I watched the, I told you I watched the Nobody clip. Uh, last With week, Bob Odenkirk? yeah, of, of the train fight, mm -hmm. he was moving pretty slow in that in that fight sequence. It's pretty noticeable. Mm -hmm. It's a cool fight, but he's he's like moving, and it's like that. There's no way he hit that guy that hard. You know yeah, what I mean? That's what I mean. It's With pretty noticeable. Harrison, they pulled it off with. Crystal Skull, it, yeah. I was still, to, I believed it. he was beating up these younger guys. But when you're going to be 80 years old doing it, I'm not sure how much physicality he'll be doing as old Indy. I'm sure a decent amount because that's part of the character. But will we completely be sold as an audience viewing those sequences versus yeah. the the other Indies? Well, obviously, yes, they're stunt actors. I doubt. My guess is he's not going to be like fist fighting much at all, is my guess. As old Indy. Yeah. We'll see. We shall see. Because, I mean, I don't care how good shape you are. And if you're, 80s, you're 80 years old, you're not going to be that great in a fight. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, I'm staying optimistic about it. James Mangold has made some of the best movies in the last several years. I mean, obviously, 310 to Yuma is an incredible film. And then also, Logan, Logan was, is one of the best comic book movies of all time. Not to mention, Ford vs. Ferrari is a master. I think it's a masterpiece and a master class in filmmaking. Almost a masterpiece, but just like a phenomenally underrated, well-made movie. Like, no one really movie. talks it's about Ford vs. Ferrari. That is an exceptional film. I loved it. I loved it. It really is. It's yeah. really terrific. It's just a weird time that it came out because COVID was like happening. So I think not a lot of people saw it in theaters. Yeah, it was uh, very unsuccessful. That is, it's such it's a really good, good movie, though. It really, it's really is. good. So obviously, I, I have plenty of faith in James Mangold. It's just, you know, Disney taking over this property and making their first version of a film with it. And, you know, they're setting it up for a TV series on Disney+. Plus. What's it going to be like? We'll find out. Will it feel like an old Indiana Jones film? Hopefully. Um, I hope they pull it off because we love Indy so much. It's the namesake of the goddamn show. Yeah. He's made some really fantastic movies. So I trust him. I think he was an excellent choice. Uh, I think it's a time in his life where he probably wants to do something like this. And he's really proven himself as a director. Yeah. I think, I think it'll be good. I'm, I'm staying optimistic. Yeah. Staying optimistic. We have to. And we'll find out soon. We'll find out in seven months what, what it's going to be like. Seven months. All right, that wraps the weekly chat number 34. Be sure to get your live tickets, I mean, your tickets for our live show ASAP before. They we're, sell out. I mean, we hope they sell out. That'd be great uh, to fill up the entire theater. There'll be 200 seats. Again, you can find the link either on our Instagram bios, um, on the Raiders Instagram bio, as well as just go to DynastyTypewriter.com. Go on the calendar, January 21st. You can find the tickets for Raiders of Lost Podcast live in Los Angeles at the Hayworth Theater, a.k.a. Dynasty Typewriter. Thanks so much for tuning in. Episodes this week. Tomorrow we're doing an episode on Coco, 
which was such a fun episode to film. We love Pixar movies, and Coco is one of our all-time favorites. And then next week, we have some great stuff coming for you. Wow, we'll be filming our short film, Midnight Ruin. Thanks so much for tuning in around the world. Take care, everyone. See you next time. Raiders of the Lost podcast is a Mirror Image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.